We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We could have done this before, Avo, by the way, but the way this podcast works is we don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds appropriate. We literally YOLO it every time and BSJ says first try after he fails for like five minutes. <laughs> so, first try. Welcome back, everybody. We got ourselves the Banana Slam Jaren podcast. And for the first time in a while, we have ourselves a guest. We got ourselves Mr. Avo Woo! Plus. It is Avo, like an avocado monkeys. It is not Avo. So you only call him Avo if you're trying to antagonize him. That's what I did at uh Did I, at did I call him Avo? No, no, I'm I just telling you. No, okay. I'm just telling well, you now. It's like an avocado right, monkeys. Right. You're a vegetarian. Right. You know what monkey you know what avocados are. Yes. I okay, true. I know I asked how you guys are doing. That was before we started the episode. But uh you know, Avo, do you have any idea what you are in for today? No, I have no clue. I know you're very prepared, so I, I can't I can't imagine what you're gonna put me through. I have an entire notebook of questions. Just don't ask to see them, because I won't right. show you. It's there. Yeah, yeah I believe <laughs> you. It is here. Uh, what about you, Jaron? How you doing today, man? Been a little while. Uh, I'm I'm chilling. You know, I as I told you before, I uh, I have a hernia, so it's, oh god. It's it's kind of rough sitting on my computer for long, long hours. But, you know, I got prescribed some painkillers, so it's not nearly as bad now. But, you know, it definitely wasn't wasn't great for, like, the week that I had it without anything. Okay, so I am I know what a hernia is, but how'd you get it, man? Like, what'd you do? Uh, I mean, well, as I told you before, I've been doing a lot of, or I've been going to the gym pretty frequently for, like, knee rehab and stuff. So I've been lifting weights and lifting weights typically puts a lot of strain on your abdomen so you know that that definitely was a contributing factor but i also took uh ac units out of our windows and those are like 100 pounds each and our windows are kind of high so like when i took them out of the window they dropped a lot and that's that's definitely the motion that you know got me was it worth it no okay That's that's the real question. So, you know, I know I probably went into this like I'm buddy buddy with you, Avo. We we were just absolutely best friends after uh, after T.I. But probably a decent amount of my viewers, they may have seen you do the losers interviews. Uh, at <laughs> but, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. You got invited to T.I. as the English mm. talent. I got Congrats, to meet you for the first the time. Yes. Big Thank first you. time T.I. 
what's your story, man? Give us a little background. All right. Okay. Uh, my story is I started 10, 10, 11 years ago in the Dota scene. I, I started out with Dota Cinema. I was like, I was a, one of the writers and eventually an editor for them back when they had a webpage, if people remember that. If the old boomers that don't remember that, uh, they used to have, like publish news and articles. It was pretty good. I used to do one of the uh, one of the retrospectives about teams. I used to do like team spotlights and like used to do, do the competitive history. After that, I went to do like a bit of casting. I used to do casting for like you know typical amateur scene stuff. You know, I just contact tournaments. And uh, through Dota Cinema, I got into Spanish casting because that's the language I speak. Well, I am from Spain technically, so that's that's a thing I, I figured out through Dota Cinema. Um, and then I did Spanish casting for like. As my main as my main language for like maybe six seven years, I would I would go to school because I was fourteen back then. I would go to school then I get back home and I cast like eight hours. I would do a bit of English casting on the side, but it was mostly Spanish back then. Got invited to like majors, did a couple of TIs as well in Spanish, but it's just not the same, right? It's it's you you do like some as a remote production. That's the best thing we get. It's it's okay. The prestige is not the same. Um, and then the past two years, I've been trying to make it into the English scene a bit, you know, casting some, I did some ESLs, we did DPC lower, uh, I work, I work with Epos to get into these productions. So we did the, the van production and we did like a newsroom production last time for EU DPC, which I was pretty proud of. And, uh, for some reason I got invited as a host at TI, even though I've mostly been a caster, but I guess I ca I hosted the, the close qualifiers and I guess they liked that. So I think that's my story. What do you think, monkeys? what do you think of his story? Did you believe him? yeah what why wouldn't i believe <laughs> i literally i was like I, I remember you uh you interviewed me when uh not like quite a few times because none of my team yeah. ever wanted to do interviews on four zoomers so you interviewed me quite a few times and i always thought you were a cool guy so i was definitely happy to see you make it to ti and oh, i mean i was very happy to interview you you were an easy interview because we used to uh, <laughs> we we did like realms collide and esl we did like a couple of nasa tournaments and obviously the sa guys they love talking and i speak spanish so it's easy but out of the na guys you're one of the easiest people to talk to uh with brax we always had the issue that we had to always ask him to put clothes on and sometimes there was like <laughs> and sometimes it was just a shirt right but sometimes he was just full-on naked he would appear in the when we were doing ESL, there was one ESL where he would appear behind the scenes to everyone, like just full on nude, full on nude, and we all we all got to see him. And then we had to like turn off the camera, make sure that it was you know, hey Brax, put some clothes on. He's like, oh, I'm getting I'm getting some sort of fast food. It was it was bad. Sounds wow. like Brax. <laughs> I I'm learning a whole new side of somebody I've played Dota with many a years. Uh, he's great though. He's a great interview. Yeah, no, uh, Brax's like a good guy. Good. He used to live in Arizona, actually. I remember. Uh, oh really? One. I mean, I had seen him in person before, but one of the first times I really hung out with him was at Suns fans' place. For, oh yeah, that, like a barbecue yeah, game night, and they yeah, both yeah. lived in Arizona. So yeah, it's a small world. How the Dota world connects us all at some point. I think Brax is out in California. Props to him. One of the few NA players who is on the West Coast. So he's playing on like 90 ping and he's still at like, he's literally on like SA level ping almost, which is impressive mm -hmm. because uh, NA is known to be, uh, you know, dwelling on the East Coast like monkeys with, uh, with five. So, you know. No, I'm, dude. I literally got a new computer and my ping went from like nine ping consistently to 20 to 25. I, I paid $3,000 for a new computer to get that worse is, ping. That is un, <laughs> unplayable. unplayable. I have no Dude, idea what happened. Let, I, me, uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. At the liquid facility, all right, I'm at eight ping, sometimes seven. 
but at I mean, my place yeah. right now, I'm at 15. Oh, dude. Uh, literally. Yeah, yeah, you can't play pubs. You can't that's play pubs at home. <laughs> that's literally almost twice as much ping on average. Like, that's crazy. But, you know, I make do. I make do. But, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> back to one of my prepared questions uh, I had for Avo <laughs> coming into the podcast was, you know, I'm sure everyone wants to hear it. You know, you, we want to hear what your perspective on the losers interview was because we know you got a lot of flack the first day or two. You got you. Mm-hmm. I I knew you. I, I saw you personally consulting people, doing everything you could to get better at it. But it's obviously an incredibly shitty job. Like, let's just be honest. Nobody is like, yes, I got to go do losers interviews, but. I know, let me say this before I let you answer, that he got asked and several other people got asked and Avo said, fuck it, yo, let's go. I mean, he didn't say that verbatim, but he was the <laughs> one, he was one, he was one of the only people willing to do it. And, uh, so talk us through it, man. Like what makes losers interviews like so difficult? I mean, I will say just to open up, I think it's, I've never done anything harder than a broadcast. Like I think every other challenge I've ever had has been like. You know, even when I started casting and stuff, I think it was, okay, I see what I have to improve. You know, you look at the points, you go, one more time I can improve these. With exit interviews, I was genuinely lost. Like, it was the first time I've been in a situation where I need to ask, uh, like, a lot of advice to know what the fuck I'm doing wrong. Um, I think this year, and I'm not trying to, like, defend myself, but I think this year might have been the hardest exit interviews uh, compared to other years as well. Because there were two factors that made it really difficult. One, which is that... I've I've been informed by Suns fan who said this by the way laughingly but I think it was kind uh, that this was the year where they did it earlier earliest right so usually they give like thirty minutes for for people to like kind of assimilate the game fifteen to thirty minutes I got two <laughs> I got them right out of their booths and I was like oh hey by the way I know you lost your dream right now let me interview you right um, to the point that as the exit interviews went on and players wisened up to this idea. I, I always started my interviews apologizing to them, saying, hey, I'm really sorry I have to do this. It's just I have someone has to do this, you know. And in the later stages, most of the players apologized to me. They were like, I'm really sorry you're doing this. Like, this this sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry you're put in that position. Um, Puppy especially spent like a solid two minutes just apologizing that I had to do this. I was like, wow, that's that's very kind of you. Um, that's all that, off that camera, right? Factors. That was like before yeah, you guys went camera. on or after you guys yeah, yeah. went on? Or when was it? No, it was before. It was before we went on. I usually okay. I try to talk to them a bit. Um, the first day, actually, one of the reasons the first day was so bad is they didn't give me any time to talk to them. And so I talked to production. I was like, "Hey guys, I need like at least like two three minutes, just so because the players don't know me, just so they they realize I'm not a threat. I'm not here to like screw them over. Uh, especially with the translator, that's that's the worst, right? It's so hard to gain their trust. So after the five minutes, it was a bit easier. And usually I would ask him and say, you know, try to make him feel at ease, and. The second factor that made it really difficult this year was particularly the, the masks. I didn't realize how difficult that would make it. I thought that the masks would just be something as simple as I can't read their expressions, which was already really hard. Like everyone has crying eyes when they're leaving TI, but the mouth adds so much more depth to the facial expression, right? It, maybe they're maybe they're disappointed, maybe they're uh, like sad, maybe they're angry. Like you you can't really tell with just their eyes. And so with the eyes, everyone defaults to sad. And uh, that was a mistake I made in a couple of interviews. Like, for example, in the case of, like in the case of Flyer LOA, I correctly identified that they were sad. There was just a, a pure sadness, almost like a, a sense of, of uh, frustration with oneself. And so my questions were along those lines. It was okay. 
But with, for example, FNG, I misidentified him, and I thought he was sad when he was actually really angry at his teammates, which makes sense considering <laughs> that he got kicked. Uh, and I, I messed up there, right? And I kind of like, uh, I, I put him into a direction that I didn't want to, and uh, he kind of just blamed his team, which I guess people like because it's a Wait, okay, time out. So I didn't see that interview. What did he actually say yeah. about his team? What do you say? Well, I mean, it was very covert, but when I asked him, like, uh, about the loss and stuff, I don't remember the first question. I was like, what's going on through your mind right now? I was hoping FNG would give me, like, a, an emotional answer, like Fly or LOA did, and instead he was like, I'm really frustrated. We played bad. My team played bad. My team played really bad. And it's one of those things where you're kind of inferring where he wants to go, and then I jumped on the pyre, and I was like, oh, oh, but you you lost to a good team, and then I, I made myself look bad, so he wouldn't start flaming his team instead. And he talked about his own pride and everything. It's like, okay, Christ averted. But I was really afraid that I was going to start to, like, just berate this, this team there. That was a very scary moment. Because um, you don't want the player to do that, right? It's a very emotional moment. So they're going to say something they'd regret. And you want to prevent that the most. So Dude, you're I totally to wanted to see that, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I, mean, like... I mean, I mean, viewership would have loved it. But, you know, I, I mean, I feel like yeah. you, you make a good point. Like, F&G probably would look back on that and be like, all right, I probably shouldn't have spoken while it's yeah. so emotional there. That's why you give him direction, right? You try to get guide him towards a way that doesn't make him feel bad. And uh, it's hard because the first question has to be something along the lines of, like, open your, speak your mind, right? That has to be something along those lines. Um, and then wherever they take it, you have to go, if they take it, most players will take it in a normal direction. And then you, like, play off that. Uh, and with a mask, you it's harder to tell, but you can more or less see where they're going to go. But if a player takes it the wrong direction because they just had a particularly defeating, like, bad loss... It is, it's tough because then you just have to go and say, well, it's me or you. And I, I guess it'll be me because you're a pro player. So that's, that's my job. And it's not a, it's not a nice job to do. And the last thing about the masks that I thought was very difficult, particularly for me was, um, I, I had to redo my facial expressions because I'm, my facial expressions as a person, I'm used to, you know, using my mouth. Right. And uh, as I said, most facial expressions that like are serious or solemn or down any sort of like low, low energy facial expression will look like you're really depressed when you're on camera. The only interview I was actually depressed for was ROTK because I had to pick him up. Who, he was bawling on the floor and I had to pick him up, and that was that was awful. I I, I don't want to ever do that again. But, I saw um, that interview was tough to, to watch. That, that was rough. I mean, that was the roughest interview I did because they didn't want to interview, and we kind of forced them to it, and they forced ROTK, and the translator told me there was something along the lines of, you deserve to do this. Like, you have to do this. You deserve to do this. Um, it was It was not good. It was a terrible interview. I apologize. Holy for that one, but shit! I, I just, they said yeah, you deserve that. to do this to to yeah. ROTK. That's hey. rough. Oh god. Like the the the, oh, the translator actually mistranslate. I guess I can say it now because it's past the fact. The translator mistranslated uh, um, on purpose to make ROTK seem like he wasn't that sad. Like ROTK said something along the lines of, um, when when speaking in Chinese, according to my Chinese friends, that he was. Like all the fault was his. Like it, all the blame was on his shoulders, and he he's been a failure, and he's very sorry about this. And that kind of got translated to, oh, we did bad as a team. But it wasn't that. It was like a very much of a, it's me. I'm the cause mm. of the problem, right? RTK's so, coach and, of Aster, right? It was Aster. You no, know, he was the coach of uh, Elephant. Oh, Elephant. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. And it was it was just brutal. It was just brutal because I I didn't, especially with the, with the mistranslation. And with me just seeing him bawling, I was I, I don't know what the fuck to take this. I I just want to let you go, dude. Like I, I my question was I, I was about to say, please don't make me do this again. To right on camera, but I had to stop myself from saying that. Because that was just awful. That was the worst thing I had to do there. It was it was really, really bad because the guy was having a, a tough time. And then I had to adjust my facial expressions because of that. Um I, I if you actually take my mask off in the later interviews, 
I look like a maniac. Like my eyes, it's it's something like this. Like because you you know if you look at your eyes, you cover them, and you, you look at this, it's just a bit too solemn. So I have to do something along the lines of. And then my face, as the guy just got exited, he's like, you got the fucking... Joker face, dude. You got the Joker yeah, I got the Joker face on. face on. But it made my interviews not seem so sad, so I had to like, like, um, work really hard on on making myself, you know, just just a psychopath, really. I, I don't know what else to say. It was it was really weird having to interview someone and be empathetic, but also keep this face all the time, so people would not think that I'm about to cry. Damn. Now, my question is, to feed off of that, Monkeys, have you ever been in a exit interview of any kind or any similar situation to that? No. I think I think they typically only do those at TI, and I've never been to TI. I've only been to Majors, unfortunately. I, was, I wasn't sure if they ever did them at Majors. That was... I, I mean, may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there has been, like, some time that they've done it, but I... I've I, had I, a major that did it. Oh, oh, there you go. Well, but I yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely a more recent thing, though. But but also to go off what you said, like I, I know how bad exit interviews are in general, but um, you know I feel like this CI yeah, was definitely very special as well because you know it, every every player that was there, every coach, they they've been waiting two years for this CI. Like it, it's been a long long time. So like I'm sure you know ROTK, he he probably like he took it so hard when they got last mm-hmm. place in the CI because you know every every player that was there this year, they've been building this up and up and up and up over the last two years and they're like this is gonna be our year to like finally prove ourselves and you know especially the teams that got uh bottom bottom 10 or whatever like I, i'm sure it was just super super rough for all of them yeah that, that is something it's... actually oh god go 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 i was gonna say that that is something that i think that a lot of viewers misunderstood um because when i was doing the the final statements a lot of people said like oh it sounds like this guy's like, they're gonna die like it's a funeral and stuff and I think many viewers didn't understand that for like 90% of the teams, that's a disband. Like, it's not even like we're making changes. Like, this is a, uh, you lost, even if you didn't, it, unless you got like top four, maybe, you are disbanding the team. Like, to the point that maybe two or three players leave. And I was very aware of that when do the interviews, and I realized that viewers were not, because they didn't understand that two years is way too long. If a team did not does not work in two years. The only exception, I think, was Fnatic, because they made some recent changes, and maybe Team Spirit, because they've only been together for a year. But besides that, everyone is disbanding to a degree. I think Death oh. already said he's looking for a team, so I think Fnatic's mm, also mm. changing a little bit. Yeah, they're as well. well. I think only Beast Coast are staying together because they love each other and there's no better players. Uh, and then uh, IG also told me that they were staying together. Monkeys. I I, I was just gonna say. Well, also Spirit won the won the tournament, so you know exactly. They didn't, they didn't even do an exit interview. <laughs> No, I uh, I think the biggest thing is not only has it been like two years for this event, but it's also like I felt it as a caster uh, and like panelist and everything. Like the situation around TI was not like you don't get to enjoy TI. It felt like all TI was was the Dota, you know, and it's never been like that. A lot of these players um, have been to multiple TIs and everything around the games itself it feels like you're in a crowd you're like you're allowed to go socialize like on the day off you can go do something but instead like it's literally dota go home sleep dota go home sleep like and something about that for me i think this last two years combined as well since there's a lot of you know the pandemic lockdown and everything is like this was all they had 
You know, like this, this is all they had for the last like two years. This is what they are working for. And of course, TI is what they always work for. But I think I think it it, it felt like it hit different this time than it uh, did in every other TI. So well, I think I, that tacked I, I, on to your loser interviews. At least from like a, a viewer's perspective, because you know I, I wasn't even a part of TI. Like I, I mean, I I per like usually when I watch TI, I get like super hyped up about like you know want, wanting to like try and compete for next di or something and, and don't get like I, it kind of happened this year but I, I feel like a big part of that usually is you know the, the feel of the crowd and like you know each region mm. like cheering for their team and you know like the, like the entire atmosphere is, is typically there and I, i'm not i'm not blaming valve or anything obviously the pandemic is just tragic and you know they had to do what they had to do but it's just like the, this di it was li literally when i was watching it i i wouldn't I wouldn't get nearly as hyped over like the big, big plays and stuff. I would just be like, wow, that was good Dota. And like, you know, I, I would just be like, you know, like that. J J I I'm just kind of confirming that, that that was at least how I kind of felt about it too. Like, like I, I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. Spirit's miracle run was um, astounding and like kudos to them. Like I genuinely was not expecting that in any way, shape or form when they went lower bracket against IG. I, I, I was just like, I, I don't know. The, the, these guys are just going to get ninth to 12th, but you know, they just pulled through, pulled through, pulled through, pulled through. And it's just, you know, they, they just came Dude. through in the end and it was fucking amazing. The first round against IG in the upper bracket, they look like the weaker team. Like I thought yeah, I like, know. They, they won the first game. Right. But it was off of like the double damage morphling rampage um, where they were mm -hmm. losing. And then the next two games looks like they were just below them on a level. And yep. then you see them make it all the way through the losers bracket go against IG again and man like yeah, you can they just, just see what happens in one they you can just see what them. happens in one tournament right where it comes to <laughs> momentum maybe you learn the meta a little bit you found your groove and like the games just looked stay and night and that to me was uh was pretty crazy i got my one story about team spirit uh they were on the same flight as me leaving TI so we were uh, going for the check-in, and it was me, Cinderin, and uh, Aiden, uh, Insania, and we were me and Insania were just kind of chilling, following Cinderin around, and Cinderin took us through this really <laughs> stupid pathing in order to get to the check-in. Okay, like Cinderin does not know how to juke through the trees, absolutely no way. <laughs> after seeing his pathing through the airport, and I, we are following him, and there was a place where you could like squeeze by in order to like stop all the wiggles in the lines you know you get to do that in the, in the to get in the line and we we ended up doing the longest fucking squiggle possible and team spirit just did the little squeeze and they cut us in line dude <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you they cut us in line all eight or nine of them you know all five players the managers and girlfriends whatever and i was like you know if somebody's gonna do it to me yeah, winners, man. That's fine. I wasn't even upset. You know, at this moment, it sounded like I was upset, but I baited you. I wasn't actually upset. I got cut in line by TI winners. That felt like a uh, something to put on my resume one day. Yeah, that's like being second place at TI, pretty much. That, that base, basically, yeah, like, pretty much synonymous, honestly. Yeah. This happens a lot, I, by the way, Avo. I just say something really fucking stupid, and then Monkeys just goes quiet. So I don't do know it. what you want me to do in these situations, BSJ. Look, as, as a, a, a TI host, BSJ, let me tell you, you need to smooth it over with something at the end. <laughs> like, uh, Jenkins is a really good one. It's back to you, Monkeys. And then, then it's, it's perfect. 
That, that's a beautiful segue. No, my favorite thing from Jenkins is it's not necessarily his segues, but when he says, in my opinion, did you like TI monkeys? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he'll, he'll say, in my opinion, and then follow it with a fucking question to somebody else. <laughs> Oh, goodness. It's actually the dumbest shit. So, you know, on a more happy note, though, uh, you know, we talked about your exit interviews. Uh, who was the best exit interview? You know, who was your who was your favorite? I was very happy with LOA because, I mean, the guy just fucking carried it. I'm not going to lie. People were like, he didn't do anything. I'm like, yes, that's what I want to do. You know, the guy just carried it. It was very nice. Um, I, uh, I really like Cuckoo because Cuckoo was – happy i mean i'm not happy as he just got eliminated but he was like uh, pumped for more and i thought that was the that i think that's what extra interviews should be to a degree right like oh i made these mistakes like th- these things happen but we're ready for next ti right and, and kuku had that mentality and i thought that was very cool i got to show that and then as a, as a genuine interview just because i guess the guy is so experienced it was puppy but the guy actually told me about the game he told me what he thought about the meta he told me what he thought about the team most teams didn't want to be asked that and i asked puppy he's like hey can i ask you this he's like yeah ask me anything and genuine, he genuinely meant that. Um, and I don't know. I thought probably was awesome. Honestly, I got. I I really would like it if the exit interviews were like even an hour later, because then teams have already digested the loss, and then you can actually talk about Dota. But because they're not an hour later, I never got to ask those questions. So it's only the the strongest people that get to talk about it. And obviously, Puppy is the strongest Dota player. Both the, the interviews were definitely a bit quick. Like I, I don't know. It, it was it was it was rough to watch a few of them for sure. But I, I get it, dude. Like, it was rough for me. Imagine how I was feeling. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I can only imagine how rough it was for you and the, the players as well. Yeah, so most of the players, though, did come out to me afterwards, like maybe like a day afterwards or so. Like, they saw me in the bar or whatever, and they did. Uh, I went and, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about the state I was in. I was like, dude, don't apologize. Like, you just lost TI. It's normal. Yeah. So I, I didn't burn any bridges except for Effigy, which I don't think likes me anymore, which fair enough. <laughs> But uh, everyone else was, like, quite kind about it. They understood my job was trash. Most of them apologized for what I had to do. And most of them just wanted to give a good interview. It's just a production thing that ended up leading to this kind of awkward. And I'm not really blaming production. I think COVID just limits what we had to do. Because if you didn't get them right after their booths, uh, you just didn't get them at all. Because they would go back to their hotel. They would they had to, like, you know, put their masks immediately, go back to quarantine. So I, I get why we did it. I don't think it was the ideal system, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, uh, I also hosted, by the way. I didn't just do extra interviews. No, that was the first question. Let me let me pull up my notebook here. Let me see the next (laughs) question. Uh, okay, that's upside down. Okay, there it is. I found it. So my next question, Avo, is uh, you know, we that was the worst part of Ti in terms of uh the struggle for you. But like, if you took away like one. I want to say like thing you're grateful for or whatever, but did TI like change you at all? Do you feel like mm. there was something about I, it you didn't know before or like, do you feel any different after TI? That kind of thing. Like what's your vibes you know, my, before and after, you know? I feel, I feel like I get to eat for the next year. I'm pretty, my bag of cat's pretty happy. That changed. Go signature no. lines. Yeah, there we go. Uh, no, no, I think that, uh, so I actually want to talk about this because there, this this is something that you talked about before. You remember that uh, that you you talked about, you had a very funny clip 
about you talking about why it wasn't nepotism in the scene and stuff like that. I remember, remember yeah. that PSJ. That was a good yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. So there was something I realized, and I, I thought I thought when I saw that clip, I, I knew what you meant because I had worked as talent before, and I knew what you were trying to say. Um, but I realized when I was a TI that I did not understand what you were trying to say, and that it was actually so much more than that. So something I learned at TI that to me changed me, besides the exit interviews, which were like a real challenge, and I actually had to put myself through. Something that was very interesting is that I learned that there's so much more to being a talent than what goes on in front of the camera. And I learned this from other talent. And I don't mean like uh, the typical thing that people talk about is like networking, right? Or I don't know, ironing your shirts, which Slack doesn't do, stuff like that. You know, like basic prep. prep. That makes sense. But there was a part to a talent that a couple of, uh, there was part to being talent that like you taught me and Aoi and Lyrical particularly, like really stood out as people that did this really well. Jenkins a bit, uh, which was the don't idea of- Jenkins, but continue. <laughs> okay, not Jenkins, but you, no, Aoi, and Lyrical. Okay. It was the idea of, um, like being a good talent behind the scenes and propping your fellow talent forward. And I'm coming in from the perspective of a newcomer, right? So I'm not friends with any of these people, including you, never will be. No, but I'm not friends with anyone that was there, right? So it wasn't yeah. like a, it, it wasn't like a, I'm happy to be with my buddies and I, I, this is like a game that I'm doing. It was a very professional sense. But when I was struggling with the exit interviews and when I was struggling in general with like, no, just just really the exit interviews, and that made my hosting worse, and I was like spiraling. And even in some situations where I had to like improve my hosting in, sp in specific instances, stuff like that. Um, these three people, like I said, Awi, you, yourself, and, and Lyrical, really stood out as people who like gave me proper feedback, uh, helped me improve, helped my mental state. They, you came up to me a couple of times when I was not doing very well, and like propped me up. Right? You you would uh, be very understanding, this, yeah. for example. What? Jenkins Sorry? Jenkins wouldn't like you telling people this. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, BSA has feelings. But uh, not only did that, but like, for example, you would let me sometimes, like sometimes I was not the nicest person because I was just stressed out and you were okay with that and you accepted it afterwards and you even let it slide and stuff. Like there was a lot of aspects to it that was very, very nice. And that's something that I've never considered as talent because I've never been in such a big tournament with a high pressure environment. And I also thought that in this tournament, people that were like very very adept at the game people have been doing this for a long time wouldn't feel the pressure but i saw the cost and lyrical and lizard and i'm not saying this uh, to call them out but like i saw them being pressured i saw them being nervous and like having to prep a lot you know it was it was uh and, and i, I got to calm them down as well and we got to have nice talks like also someone also had a lot of talks with about this and it was a very nice aspect that i learned about ti that i never considered before the idea of being a talent that makes other talents better simply by your social interactions which does not lead to any sort of networking or anything, just as a, a matter of making the show better. And I genuinely think that if it wasn't for you three particularly, I would have been a much worse host. That is something I do well. Like I, I don't, I'm not very insecure about it. I think these interviews was a new thing for me, but I'm a good host. But uh, I would have done much worse if there wasn't these three people to prop me up and make me feel better about myself and make me feel like I could do this. So it was, it was a very meaningful experience. So that that was particularly my biggest takeaway and something I learned a lot about at the. Uh, I uh I respect that a lot. I appreciate it. Uh, I have a pretty similar. Yeah, I mean that's it's interesting for you that you say that because for me that's like assumed. Uh, and and I realize now that that's like not something most people are used to because mm -hmm. I was also not used to it at one point. Right, like there was one point where what happened was my first TI. That I've done I've done I've done three. You know, uh, <laughs> but my first one I, I was crack. like. I was like shitting my pants like on the oh. uh, on the one minute segment I had 
and Shiver was the one that just came to my aid. And back then, I just, I barely knew Shiver. Like, I, I didn't know her at all. Um, and I specifically remember Shiver just, like, being the rock that I, like, absolutely needed. Gave me some advice and then also, like, talked me, like, calmed me down a little bit. And, uh, like, re- was very reassuring. And I was thinking the same thing as you. It's like, I don't even know this person that well. Like, we're just meeting. Like, why would they even bother doing this? Like, a lot of times you question, <laughs> like, like why? Yeah, like, just uh, what's in it for them? Because um, that's kind of what you're used to, at least, um, in, like, business sense, also in the Dota world. You know, coming from a lot of teams, I'm sure monkeys can can identify with me here. Like, pretty much every teammate, it always feels like, to some extent, like, you know, they're always going to do what's best for them. So you gotta got to keep an eye out what they're doing. Like, feel like if, if they're not feeling like they're a part of the team, like, uh, if they check out of games, you can tell something's off and it's, it's not, mm, mm. it's, it's usually more than what, like, you, you have to look into it. Like they're either looking to leave the team. They're really tilted at somebody on the team and they're not saying anything, but like with the talent, the, the reason, the biggest thing that you just mentioned that I was really trying to say during that clip that I poorly worded everything was that that is the environment that all of these talents have created. And that's why we all love working with each other over and over again, because there have been people in the tat, like that have come to events and they didn't really fit the mold. Like over time, you know, I'm not going to name names, but like, you know, but there's a reason why all the people that have worked with each other want to work with each other again. And they're all still here. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, people like yourself fit in very nicely um, with that idea. Like, you you can just kind of tell. You know, you talk to somebody. Uh, I almost feel like if you are a bit defensive, if you are a bit reserved, that's, like, a good sign. Like, you know, at first, like, it, it took you a little while to, um, I think, to identify the fact that people around you were, like, really trying to help. Um, and you're, like, not trying to step on any toes. That's what it looks like. From our mm-hmm. like from my perspective, I'm sure that's what I looked like to Shiver two years ago, uh, or I guess three years ago. Fuck. Uh, but yeah, it's a really cool thing. I think I'm really glad you mentioned it. I wouldn't. I would not have thought of that to be your answer. So that's yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, if uh, there was there was a, a one one moment that I would like to highlight because it is, I think this uh, doesn't get talked about enough. Al always a, a fantastic talent. He's like really, really solid. But I think his out, like what he does behind the scenes, is particularly amazing. And I, I there was a moment now he's where hilarious. I, I just want to say that <laughs> he is. He's really, he's really funny. Um, but it, one thing that he did at one point, there was I, I was genuinely spiraling because I just thought my my the ROTK was coming up. I knew Elephant might be losing. My mind was on something else, and. If I, you allow me to weeb out for a second, there was that moment where like the main character and the, the typical anime is having that literal spiral and the whole like the whole scene starts to fade into black, and then someone comes and, and like grabs his hand and then like the whole thing breaks. You go, ah, you know. The, the, it, to me, that was that was out. It, there was a moment where he fist bumped me at the right time. He just read me like a fucking book. He's like, we're gonna do this, and he fist bumps me, and he literally pulled me out of my darkness, and it was. I have never felt better in my life. You cannot imagine, dude. That moment is, it will be engraved in my mind forever. If I can do that for someone, I, I will die a happy man. That was incredible. That's why Aoi won Ti. That's I, it was so obvious to me. That's yeah. the moment I realized. Aoi is probably the most low-key funny guy I've ever met. Like, 
Yes. I don't know. You see him on camera, and you're like, God, this guy's some fucking stiff nerd. Like, God. Like, that's that's what I used to think of him. I'm not going to lie. I used to think of him. But, like, the second I worked with him at the Animator and then also at TI, dude, like, he is fucking hilarious. Like, I'm like, yes. he, he's basically Jenkins, just low-key. Like, he's legit Jenkins. Like, they're both the same person. Just one of them's like. I guarantee you, Owie is not happy with that Dude, dude he is, he is just, like. Man, he is like, okay, if there's like a scale of one to 10 and 10 is Jenkins, I always like an eight, you know, he's like real up there in terms of just constantly making jokes, constantly making light out of something that's very serious. Like, that's what I really think of as Jenkins is like, no matter what the situation is, he will make a joke out of it. He will make light of it. And I do view Howie that way too. And I think, uh, that's like very important in Dota in general, right? When you're in a very stressful environment constantly, to be able to turn something much more <laughs> lighthearted and, and innocent. So I think I can, I, I, yeah, you're right. It's something you had to do at TI. So, you, uh, you know that's... what Aoi does that's, that's odd to me is that, that I think this is like the 11 on the Jenkins scale. There is no buildup to his laughter. Like he will just identify something and clap. He's laughing. Like there's no, there, there's no facial expression that leads to him laughing. And I always, he always catches me off guard. Jenkins will say the randomest comment and Aoi will be, laughing his ass off on the sidelines and i will never guess that he was doing that he might be eating and it just kind of comes out i think it's the most impressive and oddest thing it surprised me so many times on panel if i made Awi laugh that was my success because uh, it just came out of nowhere it was very satisfying have you ever seen monk uh Aoi in real life monkeys yeah a few times uh at, at LAN events when he was on np and eg oh. or actually no, may- maybe he wasn't on EG. I think I think it was only NP that I that I saw him on lands. I I yeah, I, 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 still, I, I remember yeah. there was one of my first lands in a while uh, when I played with uh, Complexity, the iteration that we were at the Boston Major together. I I like had just switched to off lane. I like still had no idea what I was doing basically, and I, I think we I think we picked off lane terribly against Alliance. And at the at the after party or whatever, we I was sitting down at the bar. Or like at a table or something, and Owie comes up to me and he's just like, "What, what, what's with Offlane Terrorblade?" And I'm like, <laughs> "And I'm like, Owie, man, you have to understand. Just read his cue." And then, and then Owie literally pulls out his phone, <laughs> looks up, looks up reflection reflection stats, and he's like, "Oh, I get it now. That's really good against Lin." <laughs> And that that was the first time I ever met Owie in 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 person. Fucking Owie. That's <laughs> a, that Owie sounds that, that sounds very much like Owie. Yeah, that, that does sound. Uh... Man, back when Terrorblade Reflection was non-dispellable. Damn. Yeah, non-dispellable and did like it was something absurd, like seventy percent damage at level one or something, and scaled up to a hundred percent, and it was like. It was just nutty. It was so good. It actually, like, you just had a Luna on your team on, on like, a 16-second cooldown, and then you were still Terrorblade. And that, then, you know. Then there was that one period of time where they released talents, and it was still undispellable, and you had the level oh. 20 talent that made it, like, 8-second cooldown. 
yep, or yep. something yeah. like that. And, was... and wasn't there another talent that increased duration too? So it was like longer duration and lower cooldown or something? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I remember it being nearly 100% uptime. That, that's yeah. all I remember. And it was not dispellable. So I remember like pretty much any matchup of Agi Carry to Agi Carry was just like you'd kill yourself on yeah. uh, with your own illusion that you can't attack or remove. Uh, but no, so uh, I wanted to ask monkeys, were you gonna go to TI if it wasn't uh, COVID, or were you? Uh, no, no, I, I wasn't planning on going in Romania. No, I, 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 I've just kind of been chilling for the past, you know, year and a half or whatever during pandemic times. And I, well, yeah, you came and visited know. me in New York, so you weren't always chilling. I mean, I mean, yeah, but that's just like a train ride. I don't know. I don't know. I, okay. I'm, I'm going to get over get over my, you know, fear of actually traveling and whatnot during, <laughs> during the pandemic eventually. But I just I, I didn't really want to, you know, spend the time and go through like the, the stress of, you know, traveling during COVID for TI. And I, I mean, I, like it just ended up getting canceled. Like I, I figured something something not great was going to end up happening anyways. Yeah, so. it was definitely a disappointment for a lot of the town. We all had, like, plus ones, at least most of us did, and then, like, all the guests got canceled, like, the day before or something. Mm. So it was uh, not ideal. But, you know, mm. uh, my question would be moving forward from TI. I always felt like TI was, like, the the great divider, you know, you start a, you start a new, you know, it is a truly a new day, a new year in the Dota world. So, uh, I'll start with monkeys and we'll go to Avo next. Like what, what's, what's your plan this year? Do you have a plan monkeys? Are you thinking about playing streaming? Uh, what are you doing, man? As, as of right now, I'm just trying to get top 10 and you know, I've been, I've been doing that pretty, pretty, I've been climbing almost 200 MMR a day for like, Shit. a couple weeks now so wow. what are you what <laughs> um, rank are you at nowadays i'm like rank 30 something like 35 or something is that like 9.5 or what whatever what I, I i haven't looked at my mmr in over that's a, year. a good idea that's a good idea <laughs> don't look at the mmr i made that mistake today don't look at it is it but, all brewmaster or is it what, what are you doing man what's the secret uh, tell the viewers out here how are you doing it man a lot of brewmaster rider, you know. Play, started playing some Furion. You know, I've been I, I play like Tide or Magnus or whatever here and there. If, uh, I mean, brewmaster is getting first phase banned against me like pretty much every game. So <laughs> people are that uh, annoyed, yeah. huh? I, I mean, I have over a sixty-five percent win rate with it and over a hundred games. <laughs> wow. You sick fuck. Anybody who plays... You, dude, you're one of those guys that I, I just don't understand. Whenever I pick a hero and I win a bunch with it, I get tired of it, man. And I just move on. And I can't... That's why, I, I'm, that's why I'm captain my MMR, monkeys. Don't try to convince me otherwise. Don't, 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 don't let me experience my own reality here. But yeah, right. I, I, but monkeys is the guy, Avo, that if it's a broken Batrider patch, he's playing... Oh, I know. He's playing 80% uh, of games Batrider. That's, that's what he's going to do. I've casted monkeys games for a long time, and uh, one of the, my favorite things to do when he was playing was uh, draft predictions because I was always getting it right. And then a pool of three heroes he would select from, and then if two of them were bad, he would select the third one. It was awesome. It was great. And the viewers were always like, "Oh, he's so smart. How does he know he's monkeys miracles so well?" <laughs> yeah, I practiced. No, I, I, I did. I do like watching uh, the heroes play. I want to see you play Brew, dude. I love Brew. I have not seen you play Brew. 
Brew, I, brew is a, uh, brew is actually so broken. I I'm surprised I kind of went unnoticed at TI because I I like I I mean I I know I know BSJ is probably sitting there like oh you know NA players just haven't figured this shit out that hero is garbage or something. But like if you if you can get to like Ag's refresher timing on that hero, I I my win rate with Ag's refresher is like over ninety percent. Do, do you just rush it? You you literally go like vessel to you know run around the map and just proc your W and you just are so annoying with that like it uh-huh. does like seven hundred damage or something yeah, <laughs> and reduces really health regen <laughs> so, and then and then you just like you just get when you hit level twelve in eggs you just you know you're like double ulting in team fights you control their carry you know, like you know tiny brew is literally my tiny counter because I just lift him up. Kill his team, lift him up. Kill his team, lift him up. Kill his team, and then and then his whole team's dead. And then Tiny comes down, and you're like, "All right, five v one, we got him. Let's go." <laughs> and then about forty seconds later, he dies. Yep. <laughs> That's my experience with Tiny. But uh, Brewmaster, somebody asked in chat what hero uh, you're talking about right now. So you got top ten, or you're going for top ten? Do you know what's yeah. next, or are we not looking that far? Because usually when I come to goals, I got like my my week or two goal, and I don't have much further than that. So is that see, is that what we're looking at right now? CBSJ, you have your life together. You actually plan ahead. Me, on the other hand, I just go, all right, I'm going to get top 10, so maybe more people want to watch my stream. And then past that, who the fuck knows? I'm just going to keep playing Dota, probably, I would assume. <laughs> Well, and see, you know, see where things, see where things take us. <laughs> well, you know, we got people here that you did raid me, by the way, before this. I just noticed that. Thank you. But we have people here that could easily be candidates for your viewers. And as long as they stick around to my stream until it ends, you guys should check out monkeys underscore forever on Twitch. Yes. That that's where I, it says monkeys dote on there because I believe that's your like Twitter handle. That's my Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I tried getting forever. monkeys forever so many times, but it's it's just taken. Someone is impersonating me. I don't know who, but someone like whenever I try and make monkeys forever in any other game, in like anything, it's always taken. And I'm just like, who wants to be a monkey forever? Like what? Ah, monkeys! If I ever make a million dollars, I will spend some of that money hunting down give me, this person. Give me that name. Whoever this person is, we will just, find just them. pay just pay Twitter like five thousand dollars or something. I'm sure I'm sure they'll be like, oh sure, we'll we'll get it. Like it doesn't even have followers or anything on Twitter. It's just someone has it. I will find this person. Thank you. Dude, when I made my email, so back when I realized I needed a business email, it was like a year after I started streaming. So I went on to gmail.com and made my new email, and I typed in bananaslamjamma at gmail, and it was taken. I was like, <laughs> the fuck? So that's why my email is the bananaslamjamma, but, like, I mean, come on. Like, I, I was like, who took my name? Why? Why are you taking my name, they, people? They just do it to fuck with you. That's yeah, what I've I learned. Swear. Sick, sick bastards. But okay, we got enough out of monkeys. He said he's getting top ten. Not much past that. What about you, Avo? What's in your plan for, for this year? Anything? New? I mean, I'm hoping to get div one. That's that's what I'm hoping to get. I really want to do. Uh, if you got if you got ever got the chance to see, even if it was just a clip, our our production of div two of EU, or we did like a bunch of bits, we had a whole theme to it and stuff. I I would really like to be able to implement that in a div one cup, like a proper you know like 
I mean, not offensively, the one coverage that we saw last time is just very standard. I think uh, for many regions like EU, that's okay and it flies because it's just okay coverage. But I think that for other other regions which are lesser known, especially by the English audience, like SA, for example, or SEA even to a degree, if you make a good production, people will watch. I, one of my clips on EU, like nobody gives a shit about Solo's team. And I made a clip about me covering a riot where they were all chanting Solo's name. And that clip has over 50,000 views. The game itself had 2,000 viewers. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and people were like, oh, this fucking Solo's back on team. People messaged me. It's like, is Solo back on the tier one team? No. <laughs> Quite the opposite, actually. He's an open qualifier <laughs> now. <laughs> but um, but I, I think that I would like to do that for a Div 1. Some, some sort of like old-style Dota, like 2GD production, of like scuffed. That looks like people really put a lot of hard work into it, but with more creativity than it does have uh, production like value per se, like not not in money necessarily, just hard work. Yeah. I would love to do that for any sort of division. So if you look at the hire me tos, I will work so much for you. I know I'm Spanish, but I break the mold. Okay, I only take two hour siestas a day, and usually only six days a week, one whole day <laughs> of full work. That's what you get from me, and I will make your division look so nice. If I, I was do. a TO I... right now, I would be sold. <laughs> the siestas, I believe, sell me here. I do. I do yeah, think yeah. that atmosphere has kind of been like a lost, a lost art, and and not, uh, not, not like completely, but you know, the the whole just kind of like chill setting of you know just having, just just having like a a good, a good discussion that just kind of like you know really brings it all to Dota and just like mm-hmm. you know really shines on everyone's personalities and whatnot. I agree. That's well. That's what we try to do with Div Two, and I think that you can do that with Div One as well with a lot of yeah. divisions. It just requires a bit of extra work, and so it's it, like it's tough. I get why it doesn't get done, right? But I, I'd like to do it just out of personal pride. I never did this for Div Two out of like trying to outshine myself. It was just like we were we we talked about the product, and then at one point I was like, you know, I'd really like to do this, and Richie'd be like, uh, okay, and so I would like spend my night writing the script, and then we do the bit, and then when it's done. The sense of pride that you get from it is very special because it's all yours, you know. Like you produced it, yeah. you you filmed it, so it's a very unique feeling. Monkeys, don't do it, BSJ. Don't do it. I know what you're doing. Just don't do it. I'm I'm not gonna do it, monkeys. You caught me. No, I uh, I I. This is the first time we've had a guest in a while, and I forgot about what, like, uh, the dynamic that it changes, you know? Me and Monkeys, we just talk about random shit, and, you know, the the, the, the conversations always take some random-ass turns, and it's fascinating because we've taken different random-ass turns because we have a guest here. So it sounds like it's the same vibes to me, but there's definitely topics we would have never discussed between the two of us. So I just want to say, I, 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 I forgot what it was like, and I appreciate you being here. Avo. just, just throwing that out there. Um, You're a wonderful person. Avo. He's never said that to me a single time. Avo. I don't believe that he's a, he was voted in our NA qualifier stream. He was voted most wholesome streamer. (laughs) Me, of course. Yes. Me, of course. Yes. Actually. Yeah. I remember that discussion. Um, Jenkins says something along the lines of, I like BSJ stream. He's very wholesome because he has no feelings. <laughs> Fucking Jenkins, man. <laughs> I, I think he made some I, short I, comment about seagulls. I don't know. I, 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 
Yeah, he's probably about crows. That's what he seems to. <laughs> yeah, crows. Yeah. Yeah, crows seems to be what well, he thinks. I eat crows or something like that. I don't know. That's that's. that's oh, you just fucking... you just snap their necks because eating implies that you're actually doing something good with the crows. Right? Oh, I'm actually like not just murdering them for pointless <laughs> entertainment. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to murder yeah. them for pointless reasons. Otherwise, you're not a psychopath. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jenkins does <laughs> like to say. Uh, dude okay jenkins is fucking relentless so there was like he he advertised my voice line like the day voice lines <laughs> yeah. came out for no reason on twitter he also did it on his youtube videos and he also saw that his sales spiked when he advertised mine okay so i this guy is some fucking evil genius that i need to like you know, I need to hone in yeah, on exactly you, yeah, what you gotta say one step ahead. Yeah, <laughs> apparently he's he's got the meta going. And today somebody on Twitter asked if you were a caster and had your own voice line, what would you have it be? And Jenkins replied, Keep it PMA, keep it BSJ. <laughs> that was awesome. It's just it never fucking ends, dude. Like, you just, oh my god. So, what was Jenkins's bit at TI? I know he did the fucking. It was Insania. Oh, Insania. Did, did you ever hear about the bit that he did with the makeup ladies for you? I did not. I did not hear about so, this bit. So the the the, the makeup uh, ladies, uh, Aaron particularly, was very much into true crime, right? Which is, you know, of course. And um, we had a conversation in one of the first days, and we we're talking about the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> and then I told her, it's like, oh, yeah, he actually got caught a couple of days ago, right? Like, she's like, oh, I didn't know. She, and she's a big fan. She go, went to watch the podcast. But Jenkins was, was there doing his hair as well, because that would take longer than Effie's. And uh, he, would, uh, he would, he said, well, isn't that convenient for Brian, right? And, and then he, like, went the whole tirade. And so he repeated this almost daily because we always had the same makeup schedule to to Aaron. And the final day, right, uh, we were discussing this, like, yeah, yeah, you, uh, you saw the podcast, right, with the Zodiac thing. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, Jenkins has been telling me that it was very convenient for Brian. And now that he mentions it, Brian was in a similar place to where the Zodiac Killer was. I'm like, God damn it. God damn it. Jenkins convinced the, the makeup ladies there was a chance that you were the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> Which I thought was ingenious, really. People think Jenkins is like a is like acting on camera or whatever. And the thing is, no. like you you see him on camera and he's doing like a quote unquote bit. He calls him a bit, you know. He's just doing some act or whatever. But that's literally his fucking life. His entire life is just <laughs> what can I fuck with people? Like the one day he just said he's gonna be in Sania. It was during the group stage. And he, like, borrowed one of Insania's jerseys, and then he was just on panel saying, call me Insania, like, I'm, like, I'm Insania now, like, and he did it for, like, the rest of the event, dude, he renamed himself Insania on Twitter, <laughs> and, and, oh my god, dude, oh my god. Oh, it's very funny. I, I remember he went to every single host and asked us, "Call me Insania," and I was the only one was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> I remember, I remember Sumi was like, "What? But you're not Insania. <laughs> Why would I call you Insania? That's offensive to Insania." 
but but we, for a whole panel we did that. And then Slacks came into that panel, and then I was calling him Insania, and Slacks was like, "What? That's that's not Insania." <laughs> and that was a whole tirade he had for like I saw it five ten minutes about Jenkins not being insane. He was so pissed about it, which was hilarious. Uh, My... Slacks and Jenkins was a panel. My favorite thing about this entire bit was he stopped the bit somewhere around like beginning of of the playoffs, but he referred to Insania as Insania Prime for the rest of the fucking event. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm Insania. He's Insania Prime. I'm just like, and he still referred to that. Oh my god, it it never fucking ends. But uh, no, I mean that that is. That is the best part about uh, these relationships that I've created with people in the Dota scene is like you always come back to these things, you know. With monkeys, you come back to veganism. With Avo, we'll we'll have our we'll have our we'll have our history. Avo, you know, it's gonna be the exit interviews. Yeah, it's gonna be the exit interviews. Yeah, it'll be you telling me like what I need to do on panel right after we get done with panel. That was a good one. (laughs) I'm fucking sorry. A... <laughs> I'm sorry about that. No, there was like, just for people that have context, there was like a little bit of an awkward flow on one of our panels and he felt yeah. like there wasn't enough of the players getting mentioned. So he wanted to clear it up. It was, it was, it was you and Effie. And yeah. I have never, <laughs> we, we didn't mention a single team's name or player's name. It was all heroes. <laughs> and then I remember seeing Twitch chat before like, wait, who's playing again? Because it was just, it was just heroes. And I get it. But, uh, that was, but the that way was you said thing. it to me after the panel was, so was definitely mean. like, oh, "You man. suck. You need to do this." <laughs> I'm so fucking sorry. But no, I uh, I understood at the time that he just wanted to get shit done, and you know how I understood that, Avo, is because I have been on numerous Dota teams where right after the game, I would try to talk to them about the game, and I'm just trying to fucking help. But whatever I said was like coming off the wrong way. It would be construed as like flame or singling somebody out and i always felt misunderstood i always felt misunderstood because even if it was quote-unquote toxic at the time i wasn't trying to be i was like trying to help so you know stressful situations cause stressful shit to happen you make mistakes or Mm -hmm. make you you do things you don't mean or whatever so i i knew you were uh coming from the right place but uh you know, that's also something I had to suppress my whole time I was in the English scene because in the Spanish scene, it's very common. And it's not something that comes from stress. It's just how we are. Like, we'll finish a panel and we'll go, this, do this, this, this. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that you did this. Yeah, that's true. So I did that badly. Like, it was very common and nobody would take it personally. And I went to the English scene. I remember my first cast, I did that to my co-caster. He's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Why are you telling me this? Such a different cultural <laughs> difference. Yeah, man. yeah, it's a very big cultural difference. Yeah, yeah. I was very used to, like... I would do the panel in Spanish, and I would be like, all right, I fucking hate this dude, this dude, this dude, for these reasons. <laughs> I'm going to tell him now before it escapes my mind. Uh, so I had, to, I had to change that. So that was a moment of my, my culture kind of seeping through, and I apologize for that. No, that's actually really funny. I had no idea. I mean, there's definitely uh, – I've learned that Dutch people are really blunt. They – like when they email mm. you, when they talk to you about something. It's just like in America. You're so used to, like, getting asked, like, how's your day going, like, 30 seconds of small talk and then whatever they actually needed to talk to me about. And in Netherlands, it's literally just like, Hey BSJ, we need you to tweet something out. Hey BSJ, like we need you here today. Hey BSJ. Like that's that I'm like, okay, like that, that makes things easier for me. My emails from them are like, you know, one line long or whatever. So, um, 
But okay, so usually we cap the podcast out at around like 45 minutes, but I don't know if you guys realize the time has flown. It's been, how long have we been in this call? Uh, we have been in this an call hour? for over an hour. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's really good. That means I had fun at least, uh, you know. I don't know if uh, you guys both had fun. I hate you, BSJ. Okay. <laughs> I enjoy both of you. I think you're a very wholesome duo. So thank, <laughs> thank you for buddy. having me. Yeah, thank no, uh, we really appreciate you coming by, Avo. Yeah. Monkeys really appreciates it because he doesn't have to hear my voice two-thirds of the no, time. Thank, he gets to... thank goodness. You know, I, I actually enjoyed who I was talking to this, this yeah. podcast. He, he does not get paid enough to uh, be on this podcast, so... But, uh, no, it was really great to have you on, bud. Uh, it was nice meeting you at TI, Avo. Uh, Monkeys, you know, thanks for doing your job today. <laughs> good, job not, good job of not forgetting, VSJ. Yeah, thank you. Uh, sorry about the last-minute reschedule, by the way, Avo. We are usually super organized. I do not believe it. Uh, believe yeah, it. no, I, I've I, seen I, enough I NA teams to thank know. You. That's a lot. Yes, we've been a mid- part of many of these disbands. But uh, this this podcast is uh, we are partnered with Prediction Guys. Uh, if you want to find all of our stuff, it's on Spotify. You can find them on Twitter. There's a bunch of other podcasts for other games, so check them out if you haven't already. We're also on Patreon. If you ever want to get your shit asked to us, like you know, you have a question, topic, discussion that you want to hear on this podcast, you can find us exclamation point Patreon in the chat, uh, or just support the podcast either way. But we have lovely guests like Avo. Uh, Mr. Avo Plus, excuse me. It's like no, avocado, Avo's guys. Fine. It's not Avo. My name was taken. That was it, why my Mr. Avo Plus. So man. you would have just done Avo Plus, like, with the plus sign, yeah. or would you have done it with, well, with the written out? No, you can't do the plus sign, unfortunately. But Avo Plus written out is uh, an, a lifestyle brand for avocado-based skincare products. Damn, that's that's why, is, that, is that why you uh, go by Avo instead of Avo? No, I, no, no. Because you're in a skincare product avocados no i found that later they actually they talked to me on facebook because i have a bigger page uh if i could promote their brands like oh we share the same name no No. (laughs) i see yeah what can you do so the real quick you know we need we need to have exclusive content here to make sure people are interested uh there's a lot of people out there that you know don't want to pay or can't afford or just hate you the five dollars uh for your voice line (laughs) So we're gonna need you're gonna need your voice line today, my friend. We're gonna need it from you right now. Sure, it's. <laughs> Cut out a little bit on the you're dead because I think the mic was trying to pick up the really loud. But uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate it nonetheless. Thanks, guys. Uh, it was a great podcast. Thanks for coming. Have a good one. See you guys later. See you guys. See you, Abel. See you, monkeys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.